In a world where a man loves movies and loves lists and keeps a list of his 100 favorite movies for over 30 years, what if he made his wife watch those movies in order? And what if he made her talk about it on a podcast? Would she like them? Would she hate them? Can this marriage possibly survive this podcast? Find out what will happen in a world called Craig's List. Okay, Brat, you ready to do this? Oh, no. <laughs> what a way to start. That's a term of endearment, right? That means I love you. When I call you Brat, it oh. means I want to jump your bones. Yeah, my mom used to call me a brat when I was a kid. Okay, that's probably not what that meant. <laughs> you know, it could have different connotations. Okay. I think. Now, of course, that's an homage to what Clark Gable calls Claudette Colbert in It Happened One Night. <laughs> he calls her a brat, and he loves her, and I love Carla. And this is Craig's List. Uh, I'm Craig. I'm Carla. And we're talking about my 100 favorite movies. And today we're on... You know, uh, I've got to look up what number this is. What number is this? 85? I think it's 85. Yep. Uh, in the meantime, I'll talk about how I have a cold. And so I sound weird. Keep looking. I'm, I'm, I don't have it. I don't have it on this iPad. Okay. Okay. I think it's number 85. You know, you downloaded the episode and you can look at the title <laughs> of the episode. I'm not responsible for knowing the numbers of every movie, but that it's around. Sure there. You are. Yeah. <laughs> It's your list. I guess that's the whole concept that this is predicated on. <laughs> I'm pretty on. sure it's 85. Yeah, I think so. So, uh, you're, you're under the weather. Yeah, I, I've been sick for like over a week, but it's been this weird, like really sick. And then, oh, maybe it's just allergies. But now today, I think I'm sick. Sick. You're just sick, sick. I think I'm sick, sick. In the head? Yeah, well, always that. But and right in now, in the nose and in the chest. <laughs> it sucks to be sick in the nose. <laughs> man that guy that i met yesterday he was so sick in the nose he was sick in the nose that guy <laughs> let's hope that that expression catches on okay uh well i won't take up too much of your time today carla oh no it's fine i have nothing to do okay except for sleep good how was your christmas it was lovely um let's see i Went to dinner with some friends on Christmas Eve. We went and had Chinese food. That's right. We're not so, Jewish, but we can do what the Jews do. Yeah. I, yeah. And, um, uh, these are people we spend a lot of, we've spent a lot of Christmases with over the past 10 years. That's true. And then, uh, the next day I went to my sister-in-law's house and celebrated. Oh, how with was my that? <laughs> in-laws. <laughs> it was pretty good. She made a really good meal. Um, yeah. That sounds little... great. I went to my sister's house. Oh, Wait a right. minute. Were we at the right. same place? Right. Well, you were asking about my experience. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. Uh, yeah. So that's that. We got to watch our nieces open some gifts and light some Hanukkah candles because they're Jewish and Christian <laughs> or something. <laughs> There's something. Yeah. They're upholding both traditions. Yep. I don't know how observant they are about either religion. <laughs> Uh, and I got you, uh, a biography of Meryl Streep. Yep. And then you got me Carrie Fisher's autobiography just in time for her to pass away. 
Oh, so sad. It happened yesterday. Yeah. That's uh, the, I think that's the toughest celebrity death for me this year. Why that's is such that? such a weird thing to say, I know. There was a lot of terrible cele- celebrity deaths, but why did really Carrie were. Fisher's hit you Bowie hard? was hard. Prince was hard. I, did, I think, you know, uh, I, like so many others, just grew up watching Star Wars. And then also, when I got older, actually, I... You love Postcards from the Edge? And my favorite movie is When Harry Met Sally. There you go. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, and I, and I've read a lot of her stuff. We just watched her solo show the other night when she had the heart attack. We yeah. Put, we popped it in. Wishful drinking. Yeah. Just really sad. Really, really sad. We Way listened to, to Paul Simon's Hearts and Bones yesterday, which one of my favorite songs is in it. And I didn't know that was about her. It's about their relationship. Yeah. yeah. One and one half wandering Jews is how it starts because he's Jewish and she was half Jewish. Oh, funny. <laughs> so they're one and one half wandering Jews. Um, uh, Judaism is really coming up a lot <laughs> in the first five minutes of this podcast. I'm not sure why. But I literally was watching – I was watching Rogue One in the theater when I got your text that Carrie Fisher had passed away. Yeah. And Sorry about that. Spoilers ahead. The very last image of Rogue One is of Princess Leia. So oh, I'm going to start crying. It was, uh, it was kind of a, a sad uh, day. Yeah. I don't know that I've cried at a celebrity death in a long time. Maybe I cried at Bowie. Uh, yeah. Oh, Alan Rickman I cried at a little bit. I sobbed for Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, yeah. Like that was like – That, I, hit, that I hit you hard. I couldn't yeah. get over that one for weeks. So anyways, this is my experience that I'm talking about. <laughs> well, all the people in this movie today are long dead. So Thank we're God. Just, we're, <laughs> we're not going to lose any of these people. don't have people. to mourn any of these guys. Again. Yeah. Clark Gable died in 1960. Yeah. We lost him a long time ago. He's a handsome man. You like Mr. Gable? I love him. Uh, I, did I we remember- say what the movie was? No. Oh. Yeah, sure we did. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Today's movie is 1934's It Happened One Night, directed by Frank Capra and starring uh, Clark Gable and Claudette Colbert. And this was the first movie to win the big five Oscars of Best Picture, Actor, Actress, Director, and Screenplay. And that was not replicated until 1975's... Oh, don't tell me. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. That's correct. And then it was replicated again in 1991 with... Sense the Lambs. Yeah. And then it was replicated again? No, no, not to this date. Darn. I thought as good as it gets, maybe. Maybe this year La La Land could win. Ooh, could La La sweep Land. Sweep it. Uh, but I have a feeling that that will not happen. We should do a podcast where we talk about this year's movies as if we're not, we don't have enough movies to talk about. <laughs> we can do a bonus episode once we watch all of our screeners. Yeah. And we're up on all the nominees. So maybe around, uh, maybe around when the Oscar nomination's coming out, we'll do. Uh, we'll do our top 10 lists for the year. What did I get myself into? Oh, this is great. <laughs> Carla has just agreed to a bonus episode. I have not seen Craig this excited. Oh, in this is great. Weeks. We should do more podcasts when you're sick in the nose. <laughs> <laughs> it's your nose sickness that's led you to these impetuous decisions. Oh, yeah. Well, as you guys may or may not know, in addition to the top 100 list, I do a top 25 for every year. So, And I update it constantly. So I have my top 25 currently for the year. However, there's about 70 movies that I am planning on seeing that I have not seen yet. 70? Sure. Seven zero? 
There's a lot of movies that I haven't seen Jeez yet from 2016. Old. Now, some are more priorities than others. You gotta, like, you gotta go volunteer <clears throat> somewhere. Like, find another way to spend your time. <laughs> 70 movies. That's like 140 hours at least. Not necessarily. All right. Some of them are shorter. Um, you know, this is my service. This is my service to the world. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> watching movies. I'm not going to be watching 70 movies. No, you don't. You, I know. I know. Yeah. I know I don't have to. I'm just saying. Well, you do have about 85 more movies to go <laughs> on this list. Oh, God. But we're we're going to string it out over the next couple of years. So. Okay. Um, 1934's It Happened One Night. Uh, I know I am older than you, but I did not see this movie originally when it was released in theaters. I did. Oh, you did? How did you do that? I was in another dimension. Oh, okay. So you were... I I pushed open a door. (laughs) You were in another dimension and pushed open a door. (laughs) And it led you to an original screening of It Happened One Night. How did it it play? Uh, It was okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. When you see that other dimension, you would be like... Sure. Oh, okay. So this this, this this wasn't the past. This was just another dimension? Yeah. Okay. Where it was 1930. I'm so sick in the head this morning. <laughs> sick in the nose. You are loopier than you've ever been. Um, so I watched this movie on home video. This is Craig's first time, but I don't really remember when my first time was. I suspect it was probably sometime in my early 20s in Chicago when I was trying to catch up on all the uh, the great movies on VHS. But I do think that this movie made the list immediately when I saw it, and it's never come off. And uh probably never will. I really love this movie. It's so charming and fun and breezy. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, a good, yeah, that's a nice word to breezy. describe it. It is <laughs> because actually, if you analyze it, like the plot is not remarkable. Mm-mm. The dialogue, there's some good dialogue in it, but it's not like a Preston Sturges movie or Casablanca or. You know, anything where, where every line, or his girl Friday, where every line has really been agonized over, like the, the script is kind of serviceable. Um, but it really gets by on just the charm of the leads. Yeah. They have so much chemistry. And all we want is for these two attractive people to fall in love. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's just the simplest kind of movie in a way. And I think it's the template for so many romantic comedies. I don't think it invented these tropes necessarily, but as an early Hollywood movie, it kind of perfected them. And every romantic comedy to this day owes such a debt to this movie. Mm-hmm. What are some of the tropes you think that this uh, covers? Um, gosh. Uh, well, first of all, just mismatched lovers. Right. Of yeah, like, like two status. people who are, who are fighting, who are not getting along. And we know the whole time of like, oh, they're in love. This is what all this fighting yeah. means. And we want nothing more than these two attractive people to kiss. And actually, we never see them kiss in the movie. We never see them kiss. Do you want to hear the first time I saw this movie? I do. Carla's first time. <laughs> Um, I used to watch this movie with my mom when I was a kid because my mom loves old movies. And so we watched a lot of old movies. And this was always my favorite one. And I just remember uh, so clearly that last scene, that last shot where the blanket falls on the ground uh-huh. and being a kid and being like, I know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> was that your introduction to sex? 
Oh no, I'm sure it wasn't. <laughs> um, I think Dirty Dancing might have been my introduction. <laughs> you saw Dirty Dancing? Oh, for sure. How young were you when you saw that? Probably seven or eight. Oh, yeah. Um, the 80s were a different time. Sure. Uh, but no, I remember watching this and being like, woo, woo. <laughs> Cause, okay, to set it up. I think you this. even said woo. I don't know if I have that as a colorless <laughs> quote, but you may have said woo, woo while watching this this time. Uh, cause the whole thing is that they're sharing rooms cause they're on the road together. And so yeah. they put up this rope and they put a blanket over it to like give them a false wall and be the walls of, the Jericho. Walls of Jericho. Yeah. Um, between them. And then at the end, when they finally get together, it's just the camera and you just, uh, showing the blanket falling to the ground. And we know what that means. We know what that means. They're gonna fuck. They're gonna fuck. Uh, yeah, I, I should guess I should describe the plot of the movie. Uh, Clark Gable is Peter Warren. He's a newspaper man. Uh, Claudette Colbert is Ellie Andrews. She is a millionaire heiress. And she's engaged to this, to an aviator named King Westley, hmm. um, who is the classic, uh, guy who loses the girl, which is another trope of, uh, <laughs> ever romantic comedy. Uh, sometimes that guy is despicable. Uh, and this guy we don't like very much. Sometimes it's a, it's a nice guy who just doesn't get the, the girl. Like in Philadelphia story. Sure. Uh, who doesn't get the girl in that? Doesn't he not get the girl, the one that she's engaged to? Is it? <laughs> I always get it Cary, confused. It's Cary Grant and Jimmy Stewart, right? Who does? Uh, is it Jimmy Stewart? Yeah. Oh. Cary Grant and Jimmy Stewart. I haven't seen it in years and okay. years. Uh, isn't she engaged to one of – Catherine Hepburn's engaged to one of them. And the other is her ex? And, and yeah, so she ends up getting back together with her ex. Yeah. I don't like Philadelphia Story very much. I don't much. either. I think I don't think I've seen it since I was a kid. Yeah. Um, and this is, is kind of a cl- – <laughs> <laughs> but we digress. <laughs> we, we digress. We're not talking about movies we don't like. Right, We're talking exactly. about movies we like. Um, I keep moving the tea mug away from you because I'm afraid you're going <laughs> to. I'm not. You think that I'm going to gesture broadly and yeah. knock this uh, mug of tea off that the table. That would be something you would do. No. no it would be no, something no. I would do. I broke a wine glass, you guys, yesterday in the car- sink. and. Car- Carla car- car- <laughs> sliced her hand open. Yeah, I did. But we didn't need stitches. No. When I say we, I mean yeah, you. Yeah, it was very much a singular um, activity. <laughs> I sliced my hand open. He was in the shower. I didn't cry or scream. I just wrapped it real fast. It was bleeding everywhere. Yeah. How's it doing today? It's fine. It's okay. sore. Uh, so she's supposed to marry King Wentley. <laughs> uh, and her father doesn't uh, doesn't agree with that. And so she uh, she runs away and she's taking a bus. Uh, from Florida to New York, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And uh, well, that's got to be a long bus trip in 1934. Well, they start in Miami, I think, right? They, they're going from Miami to New York. Which is in Florida, so you're right. That's correct. <laughs> uh, we're pausing for fact-checking. Yes, yes. it is. Uh-huh. Miami, Florida. Um, you lived in Fort Lauderdale for a while. I did. Just uh, throwing in some biographical details <laughs> there. And um, they fall in love on this bus trip. At first, he doesn't know who she is. But then because he's a newspaper man, he quickly recognizes her. He's a newspaper her. man. He's a newspaper man. See? And, uh, you know, they talk very fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, his girl Friday. Yep. Um, and uh, they kind of uh, they fall in love on this bus trip. They and then They kind of do. And then they really do. And uh, they're staying at these motels, and so they got to set up the walls of Jericho. That's the that's the basic plot. It ain't 
more fancy than that. So I was reading about it and I didn't, I didn't know the story of the walls of Jericho, but the trumpet at the end, did you know this? Do you, you probably do because you know everything. It's supposed to be him, uh, having an orgasm. No, I guess like when the walls of Jericho fell, it was, there were, there were trumpets that were loud trumpets were playing. Are you talking about the actual biblical walls yeah, of Jericho? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Did you know that? Yeah. I didn't know that. I should have known that. I studied the Bible. <laughs> Maybe I learned it and forgot. And so, but at the end, he asks for a trumpet and then you hear the trumpet playing at the end of this movie. Yes. And then the blanket falls. And so yes. that was. Biblical reference. Biblical reference. But now I know it. I'll never forget it. Okay. And I'm going to use it in every improv scene we ever do together. <laughs> the Walls of Jericho. <laughs> Way to get a timely reference in there. Uh, you don't know that song Blow Jericho Blow? Oh, yeah. Of course. From Anything Goes? Yes. Totally. Yeah, that's about a horn player, right? Yep. I don't know. But I know the song. <laughs> uh, some of the other tropes. Uh, a bunch of people singing a song together. Uh-huh. <laughs> like singing a song on a bus. Just like, uh, oh, uh, my best friend's wedding. Yeah. Uh, any romantic comedy where they all just kind of spontaneously burst in the song that is not a musical. Right. They sing the daring young man on the flying trapeze on the bus. It's just like Almost Famous with Tiny Dancer. It is. <laughs> Except it's uh, 70 years earlier than that. Yeah. Um. Another thing that I like is uh, kind of the bit parts of some of the people they meet along the road. Uh, there's this character, uh, Shapely, uh, who is uh, kind of this tough-talking guy who hits on her in the bus. Yeah. Uh, when a uh, – and that, that line, uh, when a cold mama gets hot, boy, how she sizzles. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so – That was so fun. So ridiculous. And it is kind of like watching like a modern day like Judd Apatow movie where just like known like comedians turn up in small parts and you're like, oh, we're going to be okay. This guy's funny. Yeah. You know? And yeah, just yeah. like, let's just let him do his thing. And then Alan Hale plays the guy who, uh, when they're hitchhiking later, who picks them up. Um, and he's, he's just kind of improvising songs too, <laughs> which I don't know if that's in the script or if that's something that yeah, he's, that was weird. he's doing young people in love. Yeah. Uh, that character is so funny too. Alan Hale, of course, um, best known for playing little John in the Errol Flynn, uh, adventures of Robin Hood. Of course. But perhaps best known for being the father of Alan Hale Jr. Who's that? He played the <laughs> skipper in Gilligan's Island. Aww. So just he's little, dead too. I think. He's dead. Almost everyone from Gilligan's Island. Um. So can dead. I give some information that I read? What did you learn about? So I I-H-O-N. learned O N. And I don't do I, write, I don't write anything down, so I forget a lot of it. But okay, this may not be accurate. <laughs> <laughs> One of the animators who helped create Bugs Bunny, whose name is what I don't remember. Frizz Freeling. Yeah, he. This is his favorite movie. And it, it, do you know this, what I'm about to say? I just read it as well in the okay. IMDb trivia. Uh, it is, um, suggested that he got the idea of, um, Doc. What up, Doc? From this movie because the character you were just talking about on Shapely. the bus. Yeah, yeah. Calls Clark Gable Doc <laughs> a few times. And then also Clark Gable eats, uh, carrots, like raw carrots That's and right. talks real fast. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was, Amazing. That's crazy that Bugs Money was inspired by Clark Gable in this movie. Yeah. Um, 
Another kind of thing that may be an urban legend, maybe not, is when they're in the motels and they're they're stripping for bed, Clark Gable is not wearing an undershirt. He's bare-chested. And uh, supposedly that led to a dip in sales of undershirts nationwide. I read that too. And then I said, this is probably an urban legend. Yeah, it's probably then an urban said, legend. But it's, say, but it's a fun thing to so sick talk about. Sick in the nose about. today. <laughs> sick in the nose. Sick in the nose. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. This movie is pre-code, by the way. I thought so when we were watching it yesterday because when I – I didn't know anything about the code when I was younger, but I've since learned about it. And when I was watching it yesterday, I thought there's no way that she would be able to get down into her slip. And you could see yeah. the shape of her boobies. You can see a little nip. You can see a little nip. I didn't want to say that, <laughs> but yes, it's true. You can see the shade and shape of a nipple or two. Mm. Uh. Ew. <laughs> Ew. What are you, about to eat a piece of cake? <laughs> <laughs> well, the the Hayes Code production code, uh, I guess it started in 1930, but the movie studios did not start enforcing it until 1934 when this movie came out. And compared to some other like pre-code movies, this movie is not that risque, but there's certainly things that wouldn't fly, you know, even just a year later in Hollywood where things are just a little more genteel, you know. And it, I think to me that like that's part of the appeal of the movie is that it is a little suggestive mm-hmm. uh, in, in very subtle ways, but it just, it feels a little fast and dirty yeah. <laughs> in a way. And it, to this day, it is like kind of sexy of like them stripping on either side of this blanket to get ready for bed. Right. You know, um, sexy. it's, it's sexy. It holds up. Um, uh, so I watched a lot of, classic films when I was a kid and I don't remember a lot of them, but this one really stuck out um, in my memory. And I guess my point there is to say like, it is really accessible for kids too, I think. (laughs) And that's a separate thought from the sexy thought. Sure. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's kind of like a great uh, Pixar movie in that, you know, there are adult themes, but I think that kids can enjoy it still. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's, because it's not, it's not, um, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't get too sexy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just sexy it's enough just for sexy kids. sexy enough for kids to be like, huh, something adult is happening. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. You know? And Clark Gable, I guess, was not known for comedy at the time. Right. Uh, and he's so like effortless in this. Like he's so funny and charming and is just loaded with charisma and to this day, like a good rom-com really just hinges on the leads Agreed. of how good the leads are. And if one of the leads is a dud or if there isn't chemistry – and apparently they didn't have that great a chemistry I offset. don't think they liked each other that much. Sound like they didn't like each other. Sound like Claudette Colbert was a big pain in the ass. Well, she had worked with – because I read about this too. I became prepared today, you guys. Hell yeah. Even when I'm sick in the nose, I still show up. Um, she had worked with Frank Capra before and – film didn't do well and she had a bad experience and so she did not want to work with him again and and Claudette Colbert was not their first choice they had gone to several other actresses they went to her um, at the last minute and so she was about to go on vacation and she was like if you can shoot this in four weeks in time for me to go on my vacation and double my salary then I'll do it and they did it and so but she wasn't going to make life easy for anybody I don't think on the set because she didn't want to be there 
And I guess this movie had a, a budget of a quarter of a million dollars, which would mean her salary was a fifth of the budget yeah, for this got movie. $50,000. And she got more than Gable yeah, did. Yeah, which then. I love. <laughs> she got, I think, twice as much as he did. Oh, no. He was getting 2000 a week. That's what his was. Wow. Because he was on loan from a different studio. Okay. And so what I read was... Whatever studio made this one, which Columbia, one? Columbia, which I guess was considered like the low rent studio. They were buying out his contract from, I don't know, the, whatever the other one he was in. MGM under, probably. Maybe. Yeah. But they were paying MGM or whatever to $2,500 a week to use him, but he only got $2,000 from oh. his, from his studio. Ew, yeah. isn't that gross? So he got $8,000 and she got $50,000. On the DVD, there's an interview with Frank Capra Jr. kind of talking about the making of it. And it was interesting to hear, like, even in 1934, like, the idea of uh, we're going to make this one fast and cheap of just, like, just thinking about budget, that this was kind of low budget for the time. And they kind of opened it slow in, like, smaller theaters. And it, like, it was kind of like a slow building hit. Uh, it was kind of the my big fat Greek wedding of its time <laughs> where it like slowly but surely uh, like found an audience and uh, eventually became a, uh, a blockbuster. But uh, it was interesting to think about the, the movies as a business like even mm-hmm. that long ago and uh, that it was just kind of a – it was just another picture and – We'll talk about this more when we hit Casablanca much later. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Casablanca is on my list. But how many movies, like they just made, uh, you know, uh, if you're a star, you made a new movie a month. Right. <laughs> back then. And like some of them worked, some of them didn't, some of them becoming, uh, enduring classics and some are just completely lost to time. Yeah. And there's nothing special about these things as they're making it. But sometimes you just catch lightning in a bottle. And they did it with this movie. Yeah, nobody was expecting it to do well. The studio wasn't expecting it to do well. The actors didn't think it was anything special. Yeah, like they, everybody had kind of just written it off. And then it was released. And I guess in its first release, it didn't really do that well. But then it was released again. And that's when word of mouth started to hit. And then it was nominated for five Academy Awards and won. Let's get into some Carlos quotes, shall okay. we? Uh, Right away, you said Ellie's a cute name. Ellie's a cute name. <laughs> That's Claudette's name in the movie. Yeah, Ellen, Ellen, Ellie for short. Um, one thing that you, the more old movies you watch, you'll notice that women are always getting slapped in old movies. <sighs> yeah, it's a real bummer. <laughs> and it's often like for a laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, she gets slapped by her dad in it or yeah, yeah like in the first scene. Right. Yeah, I was a little thrown by. Uh, there were a couple things that threw me on this on this viewing. Um, one was the portrayal of her father in that opening scene. They have such an antagonistic relationship, and the whole premise is that she's running away from her father because she wants to marry this other man, um, and he won't let her. And then at the end, he's so supportive and like <laughs> really wants her to hook up with Clark Gable, who has no money and is like this alcoholic <laughs> newspaper guy. He's like, you just got to follow he, your heart. He's just a good stand-up guy. Yeah. It's just so strange, the turn uh, of his character. <laughs> yeah. I guess I didn't I, – I don't really think about reconciling it with the scene from the beginning because I just – I love the father in the scenes that he has at the end because he's yeah. so sweet, you know, he's so sweet. And I you're guess like, he's just serving the plot. I yeah, guess. he really is. And, and, and she is kind of a brat. And so it's like, I don't know. Yeah. It didn't, didn't make sense to me. 
Anyway, men are always slapping women in old, <laughs> old movies. And then after he gets angry that she leaves, Carla's like, well, you shouldn't have slapped her. Right. If you're going to slap somebody, then yeah, they're going to jump off the boat and swim away from you. <laughs> when she, uh, she gets her bus ticket because, uh, I think he's got like detectives, you know, watching, uh, the bus station. Yeah. Uh, so she has an old lady buy her ticket for her and then kind of like, uh, surreptitiously pass it off to her. And Carla said, man, I hope no terrorists are watching this. They might get tips on how to make a sly move. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is so silly. Terrorism 101. Get, a, get an old lady to buy your bus ticket. Watch it happen one night and take notes, terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so like the police are watching the bus stations and she just pays this old lady to go buy it for yep. her. So silly. Now that they've stepped up security at airports, I think bus terrorism is the uh, <laughs> is the next step. Um, I don't know why you said this, but referring to Gable and Colbert, you said they both look like mimes. Oh. <laughs> it was just I the way I was they're lit. To get tired. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. We wa- as always, we watched this in a couple viewings, uh, <laughs> as Carla fell asleep the first time. I can't stay awake for the life of me. Um, uh, yeah. Well, her specifically, but I think it is the way that they're lit, but her eyebrows are crazy. Yeah. Like it's just, and I know it's so, um, it's of, of its time, but they're really thin and really high and she just looks like a little doll. <laughs> this is a, a Carlos quote from a little later, but you said, it's crazy to think that once upon a time, those eyebrows made sense. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you guys aren't familiar with the movie, uh, and maybe you are or aren't interested in watching it, but if, but just go Google an image of her from it. And she just, and she kept those eyebrows her whole life, by the way. Really? Because I was looking at pictures of her last night and she's, she's beautiful. Like, and she was gorgeous until she died. Mm-hmm. And, and she lived a long time. She lived until like 96. Yeah. yeah. Um, but she always had those eyebrows. <laughs> maybe they're coming back. And she was a redhead. Did you know that? No. Or at least she was later in life in the yeah. color pictures that I saw. Um, it's hard to tell with these black and white movies. Can't tell. Oh, this movie isn't black and white, by the way. <laughs> in case that wasn't clear. Um, Is it Marlena Dietrich or Marlene? Marlena. I always have said Marlene. Marlena Dietrich. 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 Oh, I'm saying everything wrong. Marlena Dietrich. But she had those eyebrows too. Yeah, she did. So did Joan Crawford. Yeah. And Greta Garbo. Right? Oh, yeah. Greta Garbo. That's maybe – is that who I'm thinking of? Maybe. I don't know who you're thinking of. I think I confused Greta Garbo and Marlene, Marlena, Marlene, Marlena Dietrich. Marlena Dietrich. Are they both German? Uh, Greta Garbo was Swedish and Marlena Dietrich was uh, German. Okay. So, all right. German. Keep going. There is a movie with Marlena later on the list. Ooh. So we'll get to talk about her. No Garbo. No Garbo on the list. Um. Here's another thing that maybe took you aback. There's a brief shot when they get off at a, a bus station of uh, of a black character peddling hot coffee. Oh, yeah. And Carla's like, racist. Yeah. Well, it like, couldn't have been more racist. Like the poor guy is just like, I don't know it's what he's like. He's like, hot coffee, get your hot coffee here. Yeah, it was so crazy. It is jolting. And coffee? Fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to go back and watch some of these old movies and see these things that are just not acceptable. (laughs) Yeah. I think, unfortunately, it'll come up in a few of these old movies where 
something that was just kind of matter of fact at the time just jumps out as uh as being really crazy in- inappropriate yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh I think you must have been talking about Claudette Colbert maybe doing some fast talking thing, but you said it's Paget Brewster. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think oh my gosh. We should have had Paget. We should have asked her if she would have For this to episode, do this. that yeah, would have been because great. Yeah. If you close your eyes and listen to this, it sounds like Paget. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Uh, you're talking specifically about Paget Brewster doing the Sadie Doyle voice from Beyond Belief and Thrilling Adventure Hour. But she kinda ha even though she doesn't it's not that exaggerated in real life, she still kind of has the cadence of that yes in real life Paget of all our friends is the closest to an old-timey movie star yeah for real <laughs> like yeah i mean it's obvious yeah it's definitely heightened on stage but in in real life she definitely has that but the sadie voice is meant to be kind of a parody of the mid-atlantic accent right which is something that they literally taught to the movie stars back then because a lot of them oh. a lot of these movie stars uh, Claudette Colbert was born in France, so she probably was a little more highfalutin. But, you know, uh, a lot of them came from poverty or they came from small towns in the Midwest or Texas or whatever. And so they took classes in elocution. Like to, Debbie Reynolds. Yeah. Uh, Debbie Reynolds was from West Texas, right? <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, Rita Hayworth, you know. I guess Debbie Reynolds was later. Ava Gardner. Yeah. Um, they, you know, they came from small towns and so they were taught to speak in this kind of phony accent that never really existed in life but was meant to signify class and style. And so that just kind of became the standard. So, yeah. So interesting. It's easy to hear in her character's voice, uh, Paget, definitely. Uh, a lot of the movie takes place on a bus or a couple of buses actually because at one point uh, she, she just assumes the bus will wait for her while she goes <laughs> and runs an errand. And, and uh, So funny. That's one of the, the charming things where he just kind of waits for her like really smugly of like knowing that the bus is going to leave. Yeah. You know. Um, but Carla said uh, it looks more comfortable than modern day school buses. It does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's funny to watch the behind the scenes and know that a bunch of guys were underneath it, like shaking the bus to make it look like it was moving. It's a set. Yeah. It's not a real bus. It looks yeah. exactly like you would think, which is, it looks crazy and like, unlike any bus has ever moved. Yeah. In this dimension. <laughs> now in another dimension. Oh yeah. That other, that portal that you went through. <laughs> Buses move like that all the time. Okay. Interesting. Are there blimps? Yep. Okay. Upside down. Upside down blimps. <laughs> Which kind of look the same okay. as right side up. Here's Carla on Clark Gable. He's the best movie star. FYI, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> he is. It was just me in the room. I don't know he, why you said everyone. Everyone, you guys, hands down, the best movie star of all time. And I haven't even seen that many of his movies. I was actually going through and uh, I believe I've seen four Clark Gable movies and I think you'd only seen three. Yeah. Which would be Gone with the Wind, The Misfits, where he's yeah. old. Yeah. And uh, and it happened one night, but he just... I'd have to look closer at that list, but I think I think that's true. Yeah. It, it's interesting that both of... You know, we think of both of them as kind of legendary movie stars, but I don't think either of them made that many classic movies. Yeah. Well, I mean, Gone with the Wind, I've seen... 30 times. 30 times. No, but like a lot. You may get to watch it one more time. Good, because I love that movie. Over the course of Craig's he List. He is so charming, so handsome, so funny. I got a little weepy, too. Like, he's just the best. <laughs> he's so charismatic and watchable and fun and 
he gets a little he gets a little yelly in this one. <laughs> he yells at her a lot, which is a little uncomfortable. <laughs> Come on, abuse is uh oh boy. Is prelude to uh to, a kiss. to love or prelude to a kiss. Um <laughs> At the office when he's dictating uh, his telegram over the phone, you know, there's kind of a, a sassy secretary. Or no, no, wait. It's not the uh, it's not the lady. It, there's a, a sassy telegram lady that he goes to, right? Yeah. <laughs> Where he's like he, – he starts uh, just kind of dictating the telegram and she's like, uh, I'm fine by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for asking. <laughs> Thanks for asking. <laughs> Which is like, uh, like a rare, like little burst of like feminism or at least just yeah. like common courtesy right. from a character. Just so it's human behavior. It's a, it's a really funny, yeah. uh, uh, observation to make that this character would just like just start blurting orders at this lady. But anyway, Carla's reaction to the sassy telegram lady was, that's me. <laughs> That's my character in this movie. That's uh, that's who you'd be cast Hello, as. Hello, I exist. <laughs> After Shapely had that line about when a cold mama gets hot, boy, how she sizzles, Carla said, am I a hot mama? <laughs> and I'm here to say yes. Weird. You don't have to tell all the Carla quotes. <laughs> <laughs> this is my obligation to the world. Um, or to the 10 people listening. <laughs> hey, 10 folks. I know who you are. 10 folks. 10 folks. <laughs> uh, they get their first motel room for two bucks a night. Oh, yeah. And Carla said, two bucks can't even get you a pack of gum anymore. It's true. I spent over $2 on a pack of gum the other day. But it's the good kind. It's sugar-free. It doesn't hurt your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. Worth, Worth the extra it. money. Uh, what's the brand of that uh, gum? Oh, I have no idea. Oh, they're, we're trying to get them as a sponsor, so oh. missed opportunity. Um, I mean, you can get like probably Wrigley gum for like 50 cents. Sure. Still, right. Big red. Spearmint. Yeah. But that's just like a cavity waiting to happen. Did you know that once you turn, uh, I think he said th- we were at the dentist the other day and he said like once you turn 35, I think, or maybe it was 30. Oh, why am I telling this story? Either 30 or 35 that your chances of getting cavities are really low. Really? Yeah. And that it becomes more about gum disease. Interesting. No, that's good to know. Uh, I'm just going to let my teeth go ragged then. (laughs) (laughs) I can't get cavities. Well, I don't know that you can't, but it's like, it's not as easy. Thanks for reminding me that I've got to go to the dentist again in a couple of weeks for at minimum a crown, possibly worse. We'll keep you guys updated on that. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since uh, I mentioned Big Red Gum, now I have the Big Red uh, jingle going through don't my head. Don't sing it. What is it? You don't know that? Uh, no. Say goodbye a little longer. Yeah, brush your breath a little, little longer. longer. Brush your sure breath a little longer <laughs> with Big Red. That Big Red freshness lasts right through it. Your fresh breath goes, goes on and on. And on. While you chew it, it, say goodbye a little longer. Make it last a little longer. Keep your breath long-lasting fresher. I don't know. With with Big Red. I think you said brush your breath, by the way. Brush your your breath with dentine. That doesn't make any sense. God, I'm not even even sick. You're sick. In the nose. (laughs) In the nose. There's the, uh, one of the things I, here's another thing that's kind of like a, uh, a rom-com trope is they just get into little arguments about minutia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's kind of like three big scenes where they do that. And it's, uh, 
hitchhiking, like the rules of hitchhiking, the rules of piggyback yeah. is another one, and the rules of dunking, dunking your donut in your yes. coffee. Yes. Uh, and so like, hey, Lena Dunham, you weren't the first to have characters just talking about random bullshit. <laughs> well, that, those are actually three of my favorite scenes. Yeah. Um, and they feel very natural, like the dialogue. Maybe not the piggyback one so much, but the other two. Because <laughs> adults uh, in this day and age don't engage in piggyback. No, we don't talk about piggyback stuff. Uh, but yeah, um, especially in the – wait, what was the first one you said? <laughs> oh, how to hitchhike? Hitchhiking, yeah. Yeah, like they're both so relaxed and it doesn't feel like an old movie. It yeah, feels it feels very, very conversational. Modern. Very modern. Uh, Clark Gable specifically has several moments in this where he's reacting to something and it feels like watching like Ryan Gosling or something <laughs> in a movie. Like it's, it's unusual, I think, for that time period to yeah. not seem so mannered. Yeah. He's very, <clears throat> yeah, he's easy to access. <laughs> it seems like, as with most bad scripts, you know, a lot of movies at the time of like all the dialogue is just devoted to servicing the the plot mm-hmm. and to have like these little uh, Seinfeld-esque conversations about nothing. You yeah. know, uh, I think that is one of the things that makes it feel so accessible to a modern day audience. Uh, probably the hitchhiking scene is probably the most famous scene in the movie. Yes. Where he does, uh, all of his different, uh, methods of hailing a, a car through hitchhiking. And then all these cars are suddenly out of nowhere, start driving by and he starts trying number one, number two, number three, and none of them are working. And it's so funny. It's so funny. And then she just hikes up her skirts and, uh, you know, some perv pulls over immediately. And here's what's so great about that scene. It's the one time in the movie, cause she's, her status is lower than him, even though she is higher class like yeah. he very much puts her in her place which i guess is supposed to be part of the charm of it although it's a little it's a little uncomfortable <laughs> in modern day times um but the thing that's so great about that scene is it shows that she is smart and she could take care of herself if she had to sure and it's the one scene that she wins in and so it shows you like oh he is you know he is with an equal and that's why i really like that scene a lot there we go uh, we're still we should in the have feminist corner, Carlos feminist corner. Okay. I think we have, we haven't called it that, but we definitely have had that in every episode. This has been Carlos feminist corner. Yep. Uh, we're still in the middle of Carlos quotes, by the way. So, Oh <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but during the dunking scene, you said, so donuts were a thing then. Why did it take so long for someone to make cronuts? <laughs> <laughs> How long have donuts been around? Oh, good question. Will you look it up for me, someone out there, and tweet at us? Okay. We want to know how long donuts have been a thing. They definitely were a thing in 1934. Yeah, I was surprised. I forgot about that scene. And then when I saw donuts, I was like, oh, donuts are a thing in 1930s. I remember that scene. And this might have been before I saw the movie. So this might have been sometime in the mid-90s. The NBA used clips from the from the dunking scene as an ad for uh for basketball because <laughs> so it's, it's funny because it's like who taught you how to dunk oh you yeah. know and then there'd be shots of basketball players dunking that's funny uh, <laughs> and then carla th- uh thinks that uh peter warren's uh opinion on dunking was wrong she what carla thinks <laughs> that peter warren's opinion on dunking was wrong because you said he's wrong it's better when it soaks for a while Oh, yeah. And he said, you just plop it in real fast and then you eat it. Otherwise, if you keep it in for too long, it falls apart. And that's the best part is when you have to go through your coffee, finding the 
the donut that fell apart. During don't the, you agree? I totally agree. I don't know. I, I don't drink coffee, nor do I dunk my donut in anything. Oh, you're you missing out, man. You can't dunk your donut in tea. Well, it's called Dunkin' Donuts for a reason. That never occurred to me. So you probably can dunk it in everything. Hot chocolate. <laughs> That's right. You can dunk it in Sprite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> well, it won't be good, but you can do it. Uh, during the flying trapeze number, Carla said, all these old movies have to have a weird musical number in them. I know. That's a, a shame. You also said, this is like our bus trip in New Zealand with Thrilling Adventure Hour. Oh, yeah. Because when we were in New Zealand with everyone. We were all singing together on the bus. It was so silly and fun. We were doing bits. The driver got distracted and drove off the road. Not not in New Zealand, in the movie. <laughs> yes, in the movie. Um at one point, they have to get off the bus because uh, Shapely is on to them and uh, people are starting to figure out who she is. So they're kind of on the run. They sleep uh, outside on a bale of hay. Yeah. And Carla said, hay is really uncomfortable. I don't know why they do this in movies. Yeah, they always do that in movies. People are always sleeping on hay in movies. Yeah, it's not – It's not. I'd rather sleep without the hay. I'd rather just sleep on the grass. Okay. Yeah. Let me pledge to you, I will never make you sleep on hay. <laughs> well, because it's it's dirty. It like there's like dust on it. Sure. And you'll sneeze a lot. Hay fever. Hay fever. Oh yeah. And also, it's pokey. <laughs> hay is pokey. It's yeah. pokey. And so I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. It's pokey, man. Oh god. <laughs> you can edit that out too. <laughs> no, I'm leaving it in. And at one point, when they're sleeping on hay, they they have that almost kiss, or is that oh, yeah? That's so sweet. Yeah. He goes to put a what does he put a blanket on her or something or hay on her? Or he take <laughs> <laughs> he puts more hay on her <laughs> to make her even more uncomfortable. No, I think he does. He take off his jacket oh, so she can is. use it uh, as a blanket. Yeah, and so he gives it to her, and he like le- leans over her, and they make eye contact. And, and it Car- looks like they're going to kiss. And Carla sh- started chanting, kiss, kiss, kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember if they did or not because I hadn't seen it in so long. Later, uh, they have this, uh, you know, it, it's amazing how uh, you know, Frank Capra in all of his movies balances the serious and the funny really well. Yeah. And that, like none of his movies are really like a straight up comedy or drama. They're, they're a mix. Um there's another Capra movie that we'll talk about much later oh. that has a great balance of that as well. But uh, after they've kind of realized that they've fallen in love, um, there's some really like quiet and serious moments with them. And it's a real tonal shift that that movie pulls off really yeah. well, I think. And then she kind of breaks down and, and cries uh, and confesses that uh, that she loves him. Yeah. Um, I did like – I don't love it when she cries because it feels a little over the top. But I did love that and they didn't waste time. Once we understood that she was in love with him, then she said it. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't like a cat and mouse thing for too much longer after that, which I thought was smart. That's one of the big problems with rom-coms is when they stretch things out and invent all these phony obstacles. Right, right, right. Yeah, I agree. There's just one obstacle in this movie, which is like she has a fiancé. Yeah. Well, she's technically married. That's right. Yeah, they eloped. They, she eloped. Yeah, and her father, man. her father's trying to get it annulled. Right. Uh, and then they set up uh, an actual ceremony. Um, but anyway, in that scene where she cries, she's also smoking uh-huh. <laughs> in bed. And Carla said, "Oh, he I, is. He's smoking." Oh, he is. 
Uh, but Carla said, I wish I smoked so I could smoke in bed. <laughs> what a terrible idea. I don't want you to smoke. And especially. I don't, I don't like smoking. Okay. Let me clarify. Everything. Okay, please. I don't like smoking. I think it's gross. Um, I was the only person in my family growing up who didn't smoke. Even my brother smoked. And then when my dad got remarried, my stepsister smoked. So like I was surrounded by smoke. I think it's disgusting. Um, none of those people smoke anymore, by the way. Um, but it looks so glamorous in bed. But it just like looks like a fun thing to do in bed. It's just like. <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> it's like reading in bed or eating breakfast. Yeah, just casually drifting off to sleep as your, as your hands <laughs> with a lit cigarette slowly. I don't slowly. know. Because sometimes you're like, oh, going to bed, it's so boring. <laughs> <laughs> and so like even when I'm tired, sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't want to walk to bed and be in bed because bed is so boring. And it's a stimulant too. Isn't nicotine a stimulant? That yes. doesn't make any sense. But it, yeah. Okay. That's uh, how people burnt their houses down. I know. I'm not saying I'm going to do it. I'm just saying in my other dimension, <laughs> this would make a sense. <laughs> I just want to just clarify that this podcast does not advocate smoking in bed. Okay. Uh, smoke in bed, you should do it. <laughs> and then she says, tweeted, like, tweeted us and let us know what it's like. <laughs> and then she says, I couldn't live without you. And Carla said, because I'm a lady. <laughs> More Carlos All of a sudden, she can't live corner. without him. Come on. <laughs> when just a minute ago, she was hiking up her skirt and showing how independent she was. Exactly. Uh, Carla said, that's what I look like when I cry myself to sleep. <laughs> do you do so, that frequently? So melodramatic. She's like so like. <laughs> I think that's probably what I look like, though. And after she falls asleep, then suddenly he kind of comes over to her side uh, and Carla said, oh, now you want me when I'm sleeping. Isn't that just like Clark Gable? He always wants me when I'm sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> These quotes, I think, get progressively crazier. Uh, crazier. <laughs> um, I was getting late. I was tired. <laughs> and he talks a gas station attendant into giving him a tank of gas, right? So he can get to New York. And, mm-hmm. and what, what does he just offer to pay him later or whatever? <laughs> like take my take my suitcase and oh that's like, right i don't need a suitcase and carl gable's like uh give me ten dollars worth of gas for it when i come back i'll give you five extra dollars or something like that that's right carla said i wish we could go back to the days when you could barter like that yeah but the guy ends up taking his hat instead of his suitcase <laughs> there you go and uh when we see uh king wesley her uh her husband next to her uh, dad carla said gross her husband looks as old as her dad yeah he did and the, and then uh, when Peter Warren's driving back from New York, he's so happy and he thinks like they're going to run off together and everything. Well, uh, these other cars that are picking her up, this motorcade is kind of driving by. Okay, hold on one second. We yes. have to explain what happened. He leaves her in the middle of the night to yes. go to his job to get an advance. Right. So that he's he selling can... the story that he's marrying her to he his editor. He hasn't told yeah. her that he loves her. He hasn't said that he wanted to be with her. He just, she cries herself to sleep. He leaves in the middle of the night. He goes to get his advance and then he's driving back to pick her up at this random hotel. Yeah. Okay, now go. <laughs> and the, the motel people have kicked her out because they think they're deadbeats. Right. Right. They don't know she's And he doesn't know that. He doesn't know in the meantime she was kicked out of the motel. Yeah. This is the classic rom-com misunderstanding that takes our, our lovers away from each other. But anyway, during that scene, Carla's like, this is so cool. And I said, why? And you said, I don't know. I just wish we had old-timey cars still. (laughs) 
<laughs> it was so cute. He's driving around and he's like, his car keeps like getting slower and he's like, come on, baby, you can do it. <laughs> like it's a horse. <laughs> you wish you had a car that was constantly dying. I don't know. With the, with a horn that goes, Aruga. I mean, I, I would wish that if everybody else had to do it too. <laughs> um, can I ask you a question? Yes. What's the difference between a hotel and a motel? Uh, a motel is a motor hotel. What does that mean? It means it's a, a hotel by the side of the road that you can drive your car to. What? Aren't all hotels like that? Well, uh, not all hotels are like that. I mean, hotels are traditionally more grand and in the middle of a, a city center. Oh. And when cars started to become a thing, there needed to be places where you could stop by the side of the road and sleep for the night. Oh. We didn't, you didn't need motels until you had cars. Interesting. But now you had, I guess, roadside inns, I guess, where you'd plop your horse and carriage for a night. Okay. But nowadays, what's the difference between a hotel and a motel? Well, motels are where you take your sexy lady on the side. The no tell motel. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) He just started snapping and moving his fingers. (laughs) Yeah. That's where I take my piece on the side. But I always thought that motels... With your blessing, right? I thought motels were like an extended stay place and hotels were shorter stay. No, not at all. (sighs) That is a weird misapprehension. But it's really not because we just did a cross-country trip and we stayed in hotels that were right off of the expressway that we drove our motor to. (laughs) Our motor car. Yeah. The line is more blurred today but i think back then it was clear what was a motel and what was a a hotel can someone please look up like if they were to build um a place today like if they would call it a hotel or motel what would be the difference okay and tweet at us and i think also (laughs) motels typically have a door straight to your room from the outside and hotels have a little more security where you go into the hotel and then your room is indoors that can't be true either because i know i've stayed in hotels where it's okay Okay. We stayed at that <sighs> sleazy La Quinta in Stockton, California. Oh, my God. Where the car next to us got broken into. That was horrible. There's an anti-plug for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> avoid the La Quinta in Stockton. It, avoid Stockton. Avoid Stockton. Uh we see her uh, about to get uh, married, and Carla's comment on her gown was, it's beautiful. I want to get married in it. <laughs> it is. It's so gorgeous. Oh, you guys, it's so pretty. Go look at it. Go look at pictures of it. <laughs> my my wedding gown was really good, though. <laughs> There's no regrets. Sure. You were beautiful. You were beautiful. Well, no. My wedding gown was beautiful. <laughs> I was okay. <laughs> you were a mess, but everybody was looking at that dress. Uh, they have this whole metaphor of the merry-go-round, which is one of the things that they bond over. And uh, she's talking about the merry-go-round uh, to Peter, and she says, promise you'll never let me get off. <laughs> and Carla said, that doesn't sound like a very happy marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Little double entendre there. Um, this is not a Carla's quote, but this is a, uh, a Clark Gable quote. Uh, I love the scene at the end with the dad where he keeps asking yeah. Peter, do you love her? Do you love her? And he keeps avoiding the question. And then finally uh, he says, do you love her? He says, yes, but don't hold that against me. I'm a little screwy myself. <laughs> yeah. So it's like. It's uh, the greatest answer. Do you love her? And he's like, she's selfish. And she did da da And blah, blah, blah. And these are the bad things about her. But do you love her? And she gets on my nerves. And da 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 And bad things, bad things. But do you love her? Yes. 
It's so good. It's like the rule of three. You but guys. don't hold that against me. I'm a little screwy myself. Yeah, but don't hold that against me. I'm a little screwy myself. And during the scene, he's amazing in that scene. Yes, he Clark is. Gable is like top notch. And during that scene, Carla said, "He's so rude. He's not making a very good impression. He yells a lot." <laughs> he does. And then they kind of had a, have a fight when they run into each other because they still, you know, have these resentments for each other. And Carla said, they're just getting in their own way. That's the log line for any romantic comedy. They're just getting <laughs> in their own way. <laughs> and at the end, when the walls of Jericho came down, I asked Carla what that meant. And she said, they're going to stick the pencil in the sharpener. <laughs> <laughs> but I said it like... They're going to stick the pencil in the shop now. Yeah, it was a real Mae West uh, <laughs> inflection there. This ends the longest Carla's quotes ever. Oh. Yeah, I got to take a nap. Okay, Carla, <laughs> uh, I'm going to guess your letter grade is an A for this. Am I too, being too presumptuous? I'm going to give it an A minus. A minus for This old- used to be one of my favorite movies, okay. and I still love it. I still do. But. Um, there are a few things that kind of fell apart for me a little bit in ways that didn't when I was younger. Okay. I'm being tough on it. Sure. Because I already loved it. So I have to really look at it. So a little racism and sexism? Um, yeah, that stuff. And then <laughs> also, um, we're missing the scene at the end where she, cause when, when she runs out of the wedding, she gets in the car, you know, um, yeah. she leaves her wedding to go to Clark Gable we don't ever get to see them reconcile. There's no way a modern movie would leave out that scene, and but you don't important. really see, you don't see Peter for the last five minutes of the movie, right? Yeah. So all, and we, when they're in the motel together at the very end, um, we only hear the, the owner of the motel talking about them. And then yeah. we just hear the trumpet and then we just see the blanket fall. We don't ever see them make up even for a second and they never kiss. And so because that scene is missing, I have to give it an A minus. Okay. What does the A minus stand for? Oh, um, A minus the love scene. <laughs> <laughs> a minus love scene equals. Um, what? <laughs> oh, A minus love scene equals not in my top 10. Okay. Not in your top 10. But it this, used to be. Would this be in your top 100? Yes. Okay. Probably my top 20. It's a great movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Top So your top 20 is not all A's. I don't know. That's how that's how tough a grader you are. I guess I should be making my own list while we're doing this. Want to do a little khaki theater? Okay. Well, maybe we sh- we should do that uh reunion scene then. Okay. So Oh, the scene that's not in the movie? The scene that's not in the movie that you want to see so bad. What's his name again? Peter? Peter? What's her name again? Ellie. Okay. So Ellie has just run out. She's a runaway bride. Yeah. Classic runaway bride. Right. <laughs> She's literally be asked, will you take this man in marriage? She runs away, commandeers a car. Yeah. An old timey car. That yeah. wasn't old timey at the time. Right. It was modern day. And, uh, she's driving away. She's driving straight toward Peter. Yeah. Who knows where he is at this point? Where would he be? Uh, he's at work. He's drinking at work. <laughs> he's drinking at work because he's an alcoholic. And smoking. He's smoking. He, he's an alcoholic. Yes. Um, and so here is that scene between Peter and Ellie. Oh, Peter. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you're surprised to see me. What the hell are you doing here, Ellie? Oh, I, I just couldn't marry him, Peter. I couldn't do it. I was thinking of you the whole time. You mean you didn't? I didn't marry him. 
You didn't marry Wesley. I mean, I married him. I eloped. But it's going to be annulled. Peter's going to be taken care of because I love you. I love you. Oh, that's a lot of paperwork to go through. <sighs> Peter, do you, uh, do you hear me? I love you. I, I love you too, Brad. Uh, Please call me that again. Uh, these are all my co-workers. You're kind of making a scene here. Oh, I'm sorry, everyone, but I have a lot of money and I can do what I want to do whenever I want to do it. And- don't don't say that to them. They're, they're newspaper people. Oh. They don't they don't make a lot of money. I'm I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, back to work. What's going on with those eyebrows, by the way? I've oh, Peter, I can't stop thinking about you. I can't stop thinking about you either, kid. I love you so much. Yeah, I love you too. I love it when you yell at me. But just don't. I don't yell at you. Don't ever hit me, okay? Don't ever slap me. Well, you know, sometimes I'll have to keep you in line. Don't, don't you dare. (laughs) What will you do? Hey, everyone, look at my leg. (laughs) Okay, there's no need for that. I'm just showing my dominance over you. Okay, I don't understand how that works. I win. (laughs) All right, you win, kid. (laughs) Oh, Peter, stop being so sick in the nose. (laughs) You're sick in the nose. Give me a kiss. Uh, oh my mm. do you have a donut this morning darling <laughs> yeah you taste it i can taste it mm. Mm, it's so good you know i have this idea donut plus croissant can equal dosant yes darling <laughs> and scene yay and thus, I did so many callbacks. That was like callback, callback, callback. That's all that was. That was amazing. You were just paying it off. Just yep. paying it off. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and thus, the invention of the dosant. <laughs> <laughs> Legendary. Uh, well, Carla, it was a pleasure, as always, to watch a movie that you enjoy watching. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, people were real upset with me for not liking Unforgiven. Got a lot of tweets and messages about really? that one. I don't know that they were upset with me. Like, they weren't mean about it, but they were disappointed in me. Yeah. I, of course, hoped that you would like it. And I remember you liking it the first time you saw I know. it. So I think it's just a bad time for me to watch movies like that. Well, the next movie we're going to watch. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, no. It's, uh, it's got romantic comedy elements okay. to it. This movie uh, is also black and white. Yay. This movie was also made in the 1930s. Yay. But this is a French film. Ooh. And is La Regla de Jeu. La Regla de Jeu. Or The Rules of the Game. Oh. Uh, this movie is made by Jean Renoir. Oh. And uh, I take it you have not seen this movie. Nope, I've never seen it. And uh, it's kind of uh, kind of the forerunner to Gosford Park. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so Downton Abbey? A uh, little Downton Abbey, sure. Uh, a little upstairs, downstairs situation. And okay. it's, uh, it's at a French country estate uh, just before World War II. Did they remake this? Uh, I don't know if it's been remade explicitly or if it's just been knocked off uh, okay. a lot uh, by a lot of other movies. Um, but this is a uh, an all-time international classic. And uh, I will not reveal the name of our guest, but I believe uh, we're going to have a guest joining us for this next movie. Why don't you want to reveal it? Well, because uh, in the past we've announced guests. And, and they uh, had to drop out. They had to drop out or we had to change the right, date on right, them right. or whatever. But I hope that for our next episode, for the rules of the game, uh, we'll have somebody joining us. Uh, so that way, if you didn't like it, you will have somebody to gang up against me on this one. Yay! And because we've been on the road for a while, we haven't been able to do one uh, with a guest. So I think in the next few episodes, we're probably going to have a third person joining us. So look forward to that, America. (laughs) 
Uh, you feeling any better? Yeah, I gotta go take a nap. Okay, we're gonna take a nap, guys. Uh, join us next week on Craigslist. The list is an absolute good. The list is life.